You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. Today's guest on How I Sell, presented by The Ramp Podcast, is Jacob Ciccarelli. Jacob is the VP of Global Sales at Whiparound. Jacob got his start in sales at Verizon Connect, where he worked as a BDR and hustled his butt off until he became managing partner just a few years later. Jacob has a long track record of building exceptional teams that drive towards a common goal. I enjoyed this conversation with Jacob, not only because his energy is unmatched and not only because he's the best dressed guest that's ever been on the show, but also because he got real with me and shared one of the mistakes that shaped the way that he manages today. I really appreciate Jacob's guidance and I know you'll love listening to him as well. Please enjoy this episode of How I Sell presented by The Ramp Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the How I Sell podcast. Today, we have somebody on the show that I've admired from afar, from his online presence, and I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, as well over the last couple of weeks. It's Jacob Ciccarelli. Jacob has spent a ton of time in sales. He has risen up the ranks at several different companies. Now he's the VP of global sales at Whip Around, and he actually spent a good amount of time as an SDR. So folks, uh, you will love this episode. But Jacob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Danny. I'm really excited about this conversation. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we jump into the five questions we're asking all of our guests on season two of How I Sell, I would love to hear from you who is Jacob Ciccarelli? I guess first off, I'm a family man. I'm a husband to my wife, a father of my three children. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. I actually have one on the way. Uh, oh, wow. Probably most most people might not know, but my wife's 15 uh, weeks pregnant, so pregnant with our fourth. Congrats. Um, yeah. No, thank you. We're very excited. Uh, the only thing we have to add is, is a dog or a cat, um, but we'll see if that comes. Maybe Christmas when the kids will get lucky. I love people. Uh, people at the heart of everything that I do. And that's one of the reasons I've really kind of fell in love with sales. Uh, I love all things leadership. And then, you know, I, I truly believe that if people work towards becoming the best version of themselves, teams collectively will see and attain unimaginable success. So hopefully I'll talk a little bit on that today, but um, just people are everything, right? So, yeah. Very true. Very true. People are everything. Uh, a family man, and uh, congrats on your growing family. It's uh, I'm sure it's uh, exciting times around there. I'm I uh, we we have one right now and one on the way. So we'll be we'll be in somewhat of a similar boat. Not the same boat, but uh, but somewhat of a similar boat soon. Well, maybe around the same time. Yep. Yep. Very yeah. true. Very true. Cool. Well, let's jump into our five questions. Question number one: What is the best investment an early career salesperson can do for themselves, and why? You know, I had to think about that one a good bit. And um, I just gave this advice, honestly, today to a newer sales representative. So I'll use this is document the journey, document the journey. I think too often 
you know, we'll build some actually really good best practices, whether it's because our leader at the time is really involved in our coaching and our development, especially very early on, first handful of weeks of training and then that month. But I think those first three months, we pick up some really good habits, whether, you know, especially if you're an SDR, you're making a good bit of calls or you have a particular daily cadence. When you get some success, you kind of start to fall away from that a little bit. So I think one, remembering all the things that got you to the point where your pipeline is full and all those other things. But secondly, um, documenting that journey is so important because that helps you remember exactly what you did do. So you don't have to, you know, try to guess, geez, well, why was December such a good month for me? But that's probably the number one piece of advice that I that I give people as it relates to the the best investment for an early career salesperson. Yeah, it's smart, smart. It's something that I I wish I knew coming up in my career as well. It's something that I've taken into account much later is kind of like that journaling, self-reflective time, documenting everything. And it's something that we really press on today, especially at Ramped and for folks both in, in internally at our company and externally coming through our program. That's super sound advice. Are there other tools that you like to use to help document that journey? Yeah, I think uh, whether it's a digital or a good old-fashioned paperback journal, I mean, I've got a journal from probably my first three years as a sales development rep, but I think having, I'm a little bit more old-fashioned. I like putting pen to paper uh, and it makes it more real. Um, obviously, heading those pages with the dates you can go back and flip through. But I think having, whether it's a digital, once again, or some type of paperback journal where you can document things as they go. But having a journal is so key. We think about a journal for our own personal life, but having a work journal, I think we, you know, you know, it's not talked about enough, but it's very important, especially even as you're building your career, trying to move up uh, and gain either an, an increased response, a title with increased responsibility, or maybe you're leading a team one day. I think it's super valuable to kind of almost build your internal resume too. Yep. That makes total sense. Makes total sense. Sometimes that old school note taking is the best way. I've got one. I've got one here and I, I like to use a combination of, you know, simple Google Doc and, and Trello sometimes as well for, for me. Awesome. Well, great advice. Jacob, number two, what is the biggest surprise you experienced early in your career? Probably how hard sales would be. I mean, it is just, especially in sales development rep, like I've been rejected before, but I, when I first started, I started with um, Northwestern Mutual in an internship, and that was by far one of the more difficult, the, the face-to-face. Then I eventually, three months later, I got referred into a company called Fleet Maddox. It was a growing startup, had a lot of success, had just recently IPO'd. And that was an over-the-phone sales job where we were selling GPS vehicle tracking to mom and pa, uh, small to medium-sized businesses. And we didn't have a lot of market penetration, so there wasn't a lot of brand awareness. And the moment somebody uh, heard anything around you know, tracking their their company vehicles and things of that nature. It was an uncomfortable conversation. So you can imagine some of the choice words that we got from prospective businesses, but it was difficult. And having to deal with that rejection, you know, go home, getting more no's than yeses, especially early on. I mean, I probably didn't book consistently until more than a handful of months in book appointments, but it was so hard, right? And I think we, we just underestimate how difficult sales is really going to be going in especially sales development rep role. So. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's great. I, I appreciate you kind of bringing to light the harsh realities of how difficult it is, especially because in, in school, before you take that first job, before you take your first sales role, you're not used to getting rejected all the time, right? Your whole life is kind of scripted. You've got the curriculum for elementary school. You've got curriculum for junior high. You've got curriculum for high school, even college, pretty much all scripted. It's, you know, mm. X amount of years and then you're out of there. How did you learn or how did you have the confidence to kind of jump in and and embrace that rejection? I, I truly believe that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most. Um, so it was really important for me to surround myself with people that were very confident, especially in our business. Uh, not only people that were confident, but people that were getting the job done and doing it very well. So much so that I actually had asked my director at the time to move my office desk location in between two of our best salespeople at the time. So I had one person on my left and one person on my right. I remember those days very vividly, but I got to hear their confidence. I had to practice. I got to do a lot of pitch practice with them and build up confidence. I set up small reminders for myself, whether it was post-its or uh, pictures of things, eventually creating a vision board. But being surrounded by people that were doing it, doing very well, being very confident was very key to my success. So, you know, I think surrounding yourself with very good people helps you to do anything better. Um, in this particular instance, that was how I was able to be able to handle that rejection. And thankfully, my, my wife, who was my girlfriend and then later fiance, would give me moral support at home. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, that's awesome. It sounds like you did a lot of really smart things early in your career. And something we actually, we actually train on too at Ramped is how to align yourself with other great salespeople or other great folks at your company. And it's not something you're often taught, but we've heard it quite a bit on the podcast. It's a thread, you know, just, just be around great people, get to know them, get to know them well. And it sounds like you did that. And also your, you know, your love of people, your love of interacting has, has uh, pushed you in that direction as well. Well, question number three, what is one mistake that you made early in your career that shaped the way you operate today? Uh, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but it's the first one that comes to my mind. Anytime I think of an early stage in my career, we had an opening for a business development manager job. And um, I was in the running after having a great year. I was one of the top representatives, business development representatives, sales development representatives in my company. And I had put together my internal resume, you know, applied for the position. And the day before I had, uh, the day before that I had my interview scheduled, I found out that they were giving the job to somebody else. And lo and behold, I, I ended up coming in the next day. And I said, since I had gotten some new information, I was not going to interview for the job. And I was withdrawing my name from the hat. Uh, one thing I didn't know was about a week later, they were going to hire a second manager. And uh, they did. It was about a week or two weeks later. So all the people that did apply, they picked from that pool of people. I did not go through with my uh, interview. So unfortunately, I was left out. I had a very serious talk with my vice president of sales, as you can imagine, some time later, I want to say about a week or two later, giving me some very stern advice on ways to do things moving forward. And um, I, I definitely took that to heart. But that was a mistake I'm not proud of. But uh, one that, you know, based on particular information, unfortunately, I just that was a mistake that I've made. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing one that's not always easy to share. To, to get you kind of in the moment of that, you know, how did you once you realized, okay, this was probably a mistake that I made, how did you crawl back out and get back on track 
to the, you know, the illustrious track record that you have now and push yourself to continue to get better and, and take on more responsibility? So right after that, I knew that I really, I knew that I wanted to do something greater than what I was doing at the time. And I believe that if I could help those around me that be the best salespeople they could be, be better versions of themselves. I really just was attached to that. I had heard it from John Maxwell. I'd heard it from people like Matthew Kelly out there. And I actually had applied to be our sales trainer up at a branch location in Chicago. I was in the final two. I did not get offered the position. And at that point, I was really faced with, okay, we've got new sales managers. And when most of the time when somebody becomes a new sales manager, they're going to be there for a long time. And oftentimes you see people leave different jobs because they say, geez, there's no chance I'll ever get to become a sales manager. So, you know, I had a very you know, tough talk discussion with my wife and um, who was, you know, kind of like my, my rock at sport at that time. And, and um, you know, we both agreed, buck, buckle down. And I, I liked being at the company. I knew I could possibly, I felt like I could possibly impact the culture. I had a great manager at the time, which I knew I could still continue to learn and grow from. And um, that eventually led me to an opportunity uh, about six months later, where I was able to regain and take the, one of the top SC, business development sales SDR top spots over the course of six months, which gave me an opportunity to become a, uh, a supervisor. And uh, I did that for about three months. And after my third month, I was named the newest business development manager. So the opportunity that I applied for earlier that year. And then about a month later, we had, oh, actually the month right before that, we welcomed our first child to the world. So um, it was a busy, hectic time, but you know, I think part of it now actually reflecting back was my wife was actually pregnant and that was part of my desire to, okay, well, I really got to buckle down and, and um, just see what can happen. And I was very fortunate that some things ended up going my way and uh, yep. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, I appreciate you expanding on it and, you know, a lot of learnings there for our audience. I think the thread that I kind of resonate with the most here is what you did was very impressive you in the face of you know another rejection or potential rejection you regrouped saw the bigger picture and buckled down to achieve your ultimate goal and i think we've heard that thread across numerous guests of you know it's not necessarily how things happen to you it's how you react to those things and the attitude that you portray outward and you know the, the things that you can and can't control in life. And I think you picked really well there of what you can control and what you can't control and just rose up from it. Awesome. Question number four, who has had the greatest impact on your career? There's a lot of people who come to my mind. I think it'd be remiss to not mention my father, who's just always been extremely positive, encouraged me to, to, to really be the best version of myself go above and beyond. He would always challenge me on one question in particular, what more can you do? And I remember very early on in my career, I would say, well, dad, you know, I'm the, I'm the first person to work now. What, like, what else can I do? And he'd say, well, you're the last person at work. And he, and I said, well, I'm not, I, I want to do things outside of work. And he said, well, do you want to, like, how bad do you want to advance and, and, and be, get to that sales conference, which I wanted to very much be, uh, be able to attend and qualify for. So uh, I stayed later. He would ask me things like, okay, what else are you doing? And I come from a faith background. So he would ask me if I'm, you know, if I'm praying before every phone call, you know, and uh, he would ask me to evaluate my processes, but really challenge me on what more can I do? And you can imagine how that went on to so many other things that I was, that I was preparing myself better, better you know, physically, mentally, uh, and spiritually. But other than my father, from a 
from my sales career perspective, I had a, a gentleman who was um, about 40 years older than myself. When I first became a manager, uh, he, I was his direct manager and it was very, I was new territory for me. And the gentleman had had a ton of success in his life. I was very fortunate that he had kind of taken me, pulled me aside and said that he would take me under his wing and just give me some small little leadership tips here and there that he had known and learned from making mistakes and failing and being a sales manager formerly. And without his influence, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to build an incredible sales culture that we had at Verizon Connect and Fleetmatic. So, you know, his mentorship meant, meant a lot to me. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really cool that you had a few folks in your life, sure more to that, that we're helping to guide and, and direct you for folks that, for folks that don't necessarily have a mentor, don't necessarily have somebody in their life. How do you identify? I mean, it sounds like this fellow took you under his wing, but how do you identify somebody in your life that could potentially be that person? Well, I think, I think they have to exert a handful of traits, you know, character says a lot. And I think people can get behind people, especially if they're trustworthy, they're authentic, um, they're genuine. Like before I ever had met Mike Peterson and my father was many states away, I didn't have really a direct mentor there. So I really attached to John Maxwell um, and his leadership principles and teachings. So I always consider him an indirect mentor. So after reading things like the five levels of leadership or today matters or 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, I really wanted to associate myself with people that led others in that fashion. And I found people, there were other people than, you know, the gentleman I'd mentioned or my father that I met that even more so exemplified these particular character traits. But, um, you know, I think you read anything by John Maxwell, and if they are remotely close to that, I would say that's somebody you want to associate yourself with. Very cool. Very cool. Mentors and guides in your life can come from anywhere, even from books. So we'll drop a few of those titles into our show notes as well. And yeah, John Maxwell has, has been a favorite of folks on the show. Uh, mm. So good, good shout out and uh, find, find leaders like him. They're, they're not easy to come by, but that, that's awesome. All right. Our last questions, something we've asked all of our guests on season one and season two at the end of the interview. If you could go back in time, now that you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give yourself as you were coming up and entering into your career? A few things come to mind. As cliche as it's gotten, I think we've heard a lot over, over the years, trusting the process. You know, it's especially there, the people are in particular roles for a reason, your leaders are, or your manager, and trying to, to, to trust their guidance and just be extremely coachable. To, to what they're, they have to offer. And then I believe I touched on it before, but learning from the best, I cannot say how absolutely valuable that was. And I wish I would have done it even sooner. It took about a year and almost a half for that scenario where I rearranged where I sat on the sales floor to, to come to fruition and happen. I had wished, if there was one thing that I wish I would have done sooner, it was just find those people that are doing things very well, ask them, sit by them. There were times when I would sit next to somebody for hours at a time, just absorbing their process, how they manage leads, how they manage pipeline, what they did. And um, that was so valuable because all of the things that I do today are 100% an extension of great process that I've learned from other people, whether it's 
tonality I use on the phone or skills I've learned that I use in Salesforce or prospecting, lead prospecting, anything that I've been able to impart to somebody else is really not even my own. I mean, you'll hear even, it's funny because you'll hear John Maxwell say that a lot. Like most of his, you know, one-liners or catchphrases will be from somebody else. Um, and that's honestly, the, 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 the truth is that most everything that I have to offer is I have 100% learned from somebody else. So I think learning from the best uh, and taking that information in is just so important. And the sooner people can do it and identify that, the better. That's great. That's great. Uh, early in my career uh, as, a, as a sales rep at Groupon, I had the ability and during our training to sit by folks who were already crushing it. And those were some of the, the best moments of my early career. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. I was, you know, deer in the headlights, scared at points, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm making a hundred dollars a day. Uh, but it was really calming and really nice to sit by folks who had already crushed it or were on their way to crushing it. And I can't say how, how great this is. And after, you know, even after I, I, I started coming up and, had that experience, I started seeking other people out. Uh, it does take a little bit of, you know, a nudge and confidence building, but but Jacob, thanks for dropping that on us. I think folks will, will certainly benefit from that. Find the best, sit by them, absorb as much as you can. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. Of course, Jacob, uh, where can folks find you and, you know, tell us a bit about what you're up to today at Whiparound. Yeah. So currently I'm just continuing to help uh, Whiparound grow and scale, continue to work on process improvement for our sales organization. Um, we are hiring. So if anybody's SDR out there, um, we are remote. Whiprown's been exciting. It's been incredible to see this company grow. Um, and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, I, I love to frequent. Um, I believe that's where we came across each other, Danny. So LinkedIn's a great place. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Pretty simple. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for all of your knowledge. I know our folks are going to love listening to this episode. Tons of threads, tons of insights. We'll drop your LinkedIn profile. We'll drop some of the books you mentioned into the show notes. But we hope to have you back on the How I Sell podcast sometime in the future. And again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Danny. A pleasure. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, The Ramped Platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.